Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Danny Nevins at the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York City, and we'll be studying Chagiga, uh, page 8, uh, Daf Chet. But first, back in the Mishnah on the last page on 7b, uh, we learned, according to Beit Hillel, that the um, obligation of the Simcha to, to eat a full meal of meat on the festivals um, could be fulfilled by Israel, regular Jews, through a meal that was also in fulfillment of another purpose. Nidarim and Nidavot, their pledges that they had made in Maser Bekema and even their tithed animals. And so to the, the priests who also were obligated to have a happy meal, to have a, a Simcha meal, also could fulfill that obligation through meat that had been given to them as part of their service in the temple. You didn't have to buy a special animal or sacrifice a special animal for the Simcha. You just had to eat um, a lot of food. Um, so that's the background. Now, on Chet, Ahmed Aleph, um, referring to that part of the Mishnah, Yisrael Yotzim Yidei Chovatam Ben Nidarim Nidavot, the sages taught the, the verse in Deuteronomy, V'samachta B'chagecha, when you, you should rejoice in your festivals, L'rabot, uh, you can sort of um, combine all the different types of um, simcha that you might have, other types of meals that you uh, that you bring that are for these other um, religious obligations. And that's the background for that Mishnah, um, that you can fulfill your obligation of the simcha through these other meat meals, basically, that you had to bring anyway, and the koanim through the, um, the the sacrificial meats that had been given to them as part of their service. The Gemara asked the question, well, could that also count for bird offerings and grain offerings? No, because the verse says you should rejoice with your festival offerings. And those festival offerings were all for larger animals from the herd, from, from goats and, and sheep and, and cows. And so, um, So I'm sorry, but you can't fulfill your Happy Meal obligation through poultry um, or through grains. you got to be a carnivore to fulfill this. I apologize to the vegetarians, but at least the temple isn't here. Um, so you'll have to think about your strategy for when the temple gets rebuilt. Maybe it'll be like Rambam, who says that when the temple is rebuilt, it'll only be the, the grain offerings. Anyway, Rav Ashi comes along here and says, Mi visamachta nafka. He doesn't need the bichagecha. He says, the reason we know you can't count uh, birds and grains, that is poultry and um, and and um, and mizonot, in to fulfill your um, your your obligation of the happy meal of the simcha, the reason is because no one really likes it. Um, the word visamachta, enjoy your meal, alone indicates meat, uh, and implicit in Rav Ashi's statement is that. Um, the most festive meal is red meat, 
not not um, not chicken and not turkey and uh, and not vegetarian. All right, so Ravashi liked his steaks, but what does he do with the end of that verse? Visamachta bichagecha. If he's going to say that the word visamachta alone teaches us, then what does he do with the word bichagecha? My avidle. Well, Rav Ashi understood it the way an earlier rabbi, Rav Daniel ben Katina, said, I'm Rav Daniel bar Katina, I'm a Rav, and he, quoting actually another statement of Rav, the first generation Amora, said, How do we know that um, a man may not marry a woman on the festival, um, even on Cholomoed? Shinemar b'chagecha, the Torah says you should rejoice on the festival, not in uh, your wife. Uh, now, um, of course, married people are allowed to enjoy the, each other's company, including um, sexual intimacy on the festivals, but, but this leads to a ruling which has been sustained throughout the ages, that we don't have weddings uh, on the festivals themselves, as the rabbis will later call it, Ein Marbin Simcha Besimcha. We don't blend two different simchas, the personal joy of marriage with the communal, national joy of the festivals. Um, even though, as we saw in the Mishnah, you can blend the joy of the festival with the joy of fulfilling other religious obligations like the Nidarim and the Masrot. Okay, so now let's look at the Mishnah that appears on Chet Amud Bet. Uh, remember, we talked about about the um, the two different korbanot, the korban re'iyah, the appearance offering, which was a burnt offering, and then the um, the korban chagiga, uh, the festival offering, which was a a, a shlamim. So the Mishnah here says, "Mishi ochlim marubim." Someone's got a big family to feed, unichasim muatim, but unfortunately is poor, does not have a lot of property. Mevi shlamim marubim ve'olot muatot. So let that person bring a lot of um, hall offerings, but just a few burnt offerings. However, a person who's got the opposite situation, nichasim murubim, they are kanayna uh, hard, they're rich, they've got a lot of property, and nevach, they don't have a large family, so this is a rich person with a small family, they should do the opposite. They mevi olot murubo, they should bring a lot of burnt offerings for God, ushlamim muatim, and just a few shlamim, uh, because after all, they don't have a lot of people to feed, so they don't need a lot of food to go to waste. All right, so that's quite interesting. This Mishnah is um, noticing that um, poor people and rich people and people with large families and poor families can make adjustments in their religious spending based on their ability and their need, which in fact is based in the verse there, um, as it says, don't come empty-handed, come according to the blessings of God. The thing that's interesting from our perspective is that we tend to think of people um, with a lot of money as being the luckiest ones, and we don't necessarily think of people with large families as being the luckiest ones. But but our ancient sages, and frankly a lot of people today as well, um, especially in poorer societies, do think of a large family as its own blessing, whether or not you have a lot of money. Um, just having kids are is a blessing. Um, we worry so much about paying for tuitions and, and all those things that we start to think that having a large family is a sign of poverty. But our ancient ancestors thought the opposite. They felt that it's nice to have property, but it's really sad to have a lot of money and not a lot of people um, to support with it. And um, 
So then the, the Mishnah does say, well, Zev Zemu, what happens if you've got no money and no kids? You've got a small family and not much resources. That's who the, the Mishnah was talking about, the first Mishnah of the chapter, when it said, here are your minimums. Just bring spend a silver measure on your burnt offering and a silver and two silver measures on your festive. But what happens if you've got a lot of money, you're rich, and you've got a lot of family, got a big family? Um, and that person is what the verse was talking about when it says, Ish kamatnat yado, a person with the, the gifts of their hands. According to the blessings that the Lord your God has given you. Now, let's just think about that for a moment. When you get to the festivals, um, we can often think about our limitations. Maybe we wish we had more people around the table. Maybe we wish we had more money to spend on the festival. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to each look at our own festive table and say, this is a blessing. Um, the people I have in my life are a blessing. The resources I have in my life are a blessing. True, others might have more, but this is what I have, and I'm going to celebrate with them, um, these people, and um, with these resources on my festival, and fulfill the verse that I too am blessed by God. I hope that this is your experience, and I look forward to concluding my week or a week plus of studies with you uh, tomorrow as we look at Chagiga Daf Ted. Uh, page 9. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.